Welcome, and thank you for joining us here at GlendaleCC.org. This week we began a new sermon series based on the book of Daniel. Throughout this sermon series, Senior Minister Jeff Gaines will be teaching us how to remain faithful in a faithless world. Today we begin with Daniel chapter 1. I want to welcome all of you. I'm so glad you're here. We're going to begin answering a question today, and this is a tough question to answer. Uh, But I think it's one that we need to answer, uh, just given our current context. How do you remain faithful in a seemingly faithless world. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I look around and it just seems like less and less, in general, less and less people are in step with the way of Jesus. Do you you guys feel that way? Just in general, less and less are people in step with the things of God. And, And so how do we walk with God when we're living in a world that says there is no God? How do we remain pure in a world where impurity seems to be the norm, how is it that we do the right thing when it seems like everybody else is doing the wrong thing? How do we remain faithful in a faithless world? We're going to look at the book of Daniel because Daniel is the best place to go in order to answer this question. Daniel and his friends, they were believers just like us, and they lived in this town called Jerusalem, and they did all they could to follow the ways of God, but their culture shifted dramatically. Uh, this this foreign nation, the Babylonian Empire, they came and they surrounded the city of Jerusalem and, and before long they tore the walls down. They came in and they conquered Daniel's people. Then they took Daniel and several of his friends and they deported them to Babylon. Babylon. And in Babylon they, they made them serve a foreign king in a foreign land who worshipped a foreign god. And for years and years and years, Daniel faced one challenge to his faith after another. His faith was under attack from every angle, and maybe you feel that way sometimes. But despite all these challenges to Daniel's faith, at the end of the day, he remained faithful to God in the faithless world that he lived in. So today we're going to begin answering that question, how do we remain faithful in a faithless world? And we're going to focus on two things today. First of all, what are some of the challenges that we can expect to face in this faithless world? And secondly, what's one thing that we can do today to prepare ourselves to face those challenges? I believe that today could be a breakthrough for some of you. Because too often we kind of try and live in two worlds. We try to live in the world of Babylon. And we try and live in the world of God. And we got to make a choice. So if you would, as we get started today, let's have a word of prayer. Father, I want to thank you so much for every person in this room, and I know you've got a plan for all of us. Uh, We all, in this moment, we just bow down before you, Lord, and we submit to who you are. We submit to the way you've described yourself to be in your holy word, Lord, and I pray that all of us more and more will trust your plan, the plan you've laid out clearly in the Bible, Lord, and help us to live in accordance with that plan. In Jesus' name, amen. The first challenge we're going to face in a faithless world is the challenge of isolation. Uh, Let's look at Daniel chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. It says this, uh, Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, chief of the court officials, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility, young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. We're going to face this isolation. The, the Babylonians were really smart enemies. 
and they had perfected the art of conquering other nations, one of the things that they did is they would go in, and after they tore the walls down and conquered that army, they would take the best and the brightest from that community, and they would deport them to another place. And this is what they realized. They realized if we could take the best and the brightest, people like Daniel, and we could isolate them from their people, we don't have to worry about Daniel's uh, creating an uprising among this people that we just conquered. They isolated the best and the brightest. Um, now, we have an enemy. We don't like to admit it, don't like to think about it, uh, and he's evil. And we call him Satan, the, the devil. There's all sorts of names for him. But there's this spiritual battle that's taking place. There's a fight coming for us, whether we're willing to acknowledge it, whether we're ready for it or not, it's coming. And, and, and one of Satan's tricks is he tries to isolate um, God's people from the church. That's one of the things that he'll do, and many times he does it uh, through unfair treatment. When you think about Daniel and his friends, they didn't deserve to be deported. They hadn't done anything wrong. It, they, they were um, well-educated. They were people that were qualified to serve under the king. They were noble men, and it wasn't like they were, they were like hanging out in the wrong part of town at the wrong part of the day, and they got thrown in like a black van and zoomed off to to this foreign country. That, that didn't happen. They weren't hanging out with the wrong people and one thing led to another and they ended up in this crazy place. They were doing all the right things, but the wrong things happened. They were treated unfairly. Maybe that's how you feel sometimes. Maybe you feel like, you know, I look around and I'm doing all the right things and I see all these people and they're doing all the wrong things. My life is not going well. Their life is going great. It's not fair. And it's in those moments, maybe you feel like just pulling back from God because you believe, God, if this is how you're going to reward those people that are faithful to you, maybe I just won't be faithful. You know, if, if you're going to allow me to get in this place where I'm so hurt, maybe I'll pull back from you a little bit and just do things my own way. We've all been tempted to go there before. But this is what you need to realize today. You're, when you allow yourself to be isolated from God's people in the midst of your unfair treatment, in the midst of your difficult circumstances, you are playing into the hands of Satan. That's exactly what he wants you to do. Because this is what Satan will do. He will pick the best and the brightest, and he'll start picking on you. So maybe you're here today, and you're like, I, I do all the right things, but all the wrong things are happening. I, I need to speak some truth into your life today. And I believe there's somebody in this room, and you're going through something right now, and you're just like, it's not fair, God, and you're tempted to pull back from him and to pull back from his people. And I need you to understand, today, in this moment, God has a great plan for your life. He does. And he's about to do something in you that you never thought he could do. He's about to use you in a way you never thought you could be used. He's about to bless the people in your sphere of influence through you. And there's a breakthrough just over, just on the other side of that hill, if you can just keep plugging along. And Satan knows that. And that's why in this moment, right now, you're being treated unfairly. That's why in this moment, right now, things are not looking good in your life. That's why you're facing all these difficulties, because this is what Satan knows. If he can isolate you from God's people, you're a lot easier to handle. You know that. Parents know this, right? Because uh, Eric and I, when we had Ella, we had one child right? And one child, you can handle one child. She, if, if she got a dirty diaper, immediately it's changed, right? You guys know this? Parent, how many parents in here that have like more than three or more kids? Okay, you're going to be able to relate to this. Second child, you know, we did pretty good. You know, her, her, her nursery room was mostly clean. We put the toys away. Selah, our oldest, our youngest, I mean, poor thing, you know? Like, 
it, it, she's lucky to get fed every day because it's hard, right? It's hard. When, when, when we are isolated, it's easier to handle, and Satan knows that about us as believers. But when we're united, when we stand together, we stand a lot stronger. He wants to isolate you, and that's one of the, the challenges we're going to face in this faithless world. Fight against that isolation. Here's the other, uh, another challenge we're going to face in a faithless world, assimilation. Assimilation. Let's look at this next verse, Daniel chapter 1, starting in verse 4. He was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and after that they were to enter the king's service. Assimilation. The Babylonians, uh, they sought to indoctrinate Daniel and his friends. They didn't want them to behave like Babylonians anymore. They wanted them, or like Israelites anymore, they wanted them to behave like Babylonians. So they replaced the temple of God with the king's court. They replaced the words of God with the Babylonian textbook. They replaced food approved by God with food sacrificed to idols. And so Daniel's confronted with this dilemma. Am I going to eat this food they're putting in front of me? And I know it's been sacrificed to a false god. Am I going to eat this food that's tainted? It's defiled in this way. Am I going to eat this food? Or am I going to starve to death? You see, assimilation is a difficult dilemma because assimilation is attractive. You know this. We're not talking about, like, the dollar menu at rallies. We're talking about, like, Ruth Chris. We're talking about Morton Steakhouse. We're not talking about a bologna sandwich that Daniel's turning down. We're talking about filet mignon. This is good stuff. It's attractive. And many times, assimilation is a whole lot easier than not assimilating. It's the easier of the two options. It's the most convenient thing to do. You see, uh, for Daniel to eat was a lot easier, it was a lot more convenient for him to not eat. What happens if he doesn't eat? Well, there's two options here, most likely, scenario. One, he's going to starve to death. That's a bad way to go. The other way is he's going to be tortured until he does eat or die. Either way, Daniel, the most likely scenario is he's going to die because he refuses to eat from the king's table. We face a similar dilemma every day as Christians. Are we going to consume what the world consumes? Are we going to consume what the faithless culture we live in consumes? Where are you getting your inspiration and your direction in life? Is it God's Word? Do you view the world through the filter of the Bible? Or do you view the Bible through the filter of the world? Where do you get your inspiration? Where do you get your direction? Is it a magazine? Is it a blog? Is it a radio show? Is it a news channel? Is it your Instagram? Your Twitter feed? Where are you getting your inspiration? Where are you getting your direction in life? Where do you draw the line when it comes to the things that you'll consume in this life? Where do you draw the line in the books that you'll read, in the magazines you'll subscribe to, in the websites that you'll go to, in the movies that you'll watch, in the music that you'll listen to, in the clothes that you wear? Where do you draw the line? In other words, just to sum this up, what makes you look any different than the Babylonians? What makes you, as a Christian, a person that's supposed to be a follower of Jesus and more and more and more resemble the character of Jesus, what makes you look any different than the faithless world that we're living in? Now, some of you, you hear me say these things, and you're like, hold up, Jeff. Come on, man. This is little. This isn't a big deal, you know? It, you, what you're asking me to do, you're asking me to miss out on a bunch of cool stuff. It's not a big deal. It's just a movie right? How's it? It's not going to affect me. It shouldn't bother me. It's just a movie. It's just music, right? It's just, it's just 
a shirt. It's just a skirt. It shouldn't bother them. Why does it matter what I wear? It's just, it's just food, right? It's just food. Why should God care if I eat from the king's table? Luke chapter 16, verse 10. Uh, Jesus says this, The one faithful in very little is also faithful in much. And the one unrighteous in the little things is also unrighteous in much. Jesus says, if, if you can't be faithful with just this little stuff, all we're talking about is a steak. Just push it away. You know, from the king's table. All, all we're talking about is a movie. You know, you, you shouldn't be watching that. Just push it away. If you can't be faithful in the little things, then are you going to be faithful in the big stuff? Probably not. When I was a college student, I think it like a freshman year, we had a revival on campus, and this guy, he preached. I think he actually preached on this passage. And he started talking about the, the things that we consume uh, in this life. And, and he mentioned all sorts of things. But as he was talking, my, my mind went to the music that I listened to. At the time, I listened to a lot of rap music. Do we have any people that listen to rap music? 90s rap specifically. I've got like four in the balcony. Everybody else is not claiming it. But so this is, this is what I did. After the revival, um, I, I went back to my room. And at the time, we didn't have like iPods and stuff. It was on a CD. So I grabbed like a, a wad of CDs, all of my rap music. And uh, a lot of other people did very similar things. They went back to the room. Some people got their computers because they were looking at websites that they shouldn't be looking at. Got their desktop computer. And, and then we all brought it back to the center of campus and just threw all this stuff in the center of campus. There's this huge pile of trash that we're all saying we're going to get rid of these things in our life because it's defiling us. And it was amazing the effect that it had on me. Almost instantaneously, by the end of that week, the language that just kind of happened just slip out because I was putting all this junk in, right? And I, I didn't realize how it was affecting me inwardly, but, but all this language that would just slip out, that urge to use those kind of words, they, it went away. Almost instantaneously, me getting rid of this music that I'm allowing myself to be influenced by. There were thoughts that I had. I didn't even recognize how how evil my thoughts had become instantaneously just getting rid of this music not allowing myself to be defiled by this worldly stuff it changed me now some of you you're like not rap people so it's like oh who cares I don't listen to rap music so this is what I see I see a lot of country music fans people like country music in here okay so let me put it in a language you might understand maybe if we listen to some more Christian music and less country music would be a little bit more like Jesus take the will and a little less like before he cheats or last name. Is anybody tracking with me on this? Okay, so let's go back a little bit farther. Maybe you'd be, uh, uh, if you listen a little more country or a little less country and a little bit more Christian music, or maybe just turn the radio off altogether and spend some time with the Lord in prayer, maybe you'd be a little less ring of fire and a little more like will the circle be unbroken. Johnny Cash, okay? We'll do some more current stuff. Maybe you'd be a little less Tennessee whiskey and a little bit more um, go rest high on that mountain, okay? Here's, here's the deal. When you consume what is corrupted, you compromise your character. Let me say it again. When you consume what is corrupted, you'll compromise your character. Assimilation. you got to watch out for it. It's a challenge we're going to face. Ultimately, um, this is what it's going to boil down to. The world is ready to give you a new name. Through isolation from God's people and from God, 
through assimilation and compromise, the faithless world will change your identification. Daniel chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. Among those who were chosen were some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief official gave them new names. To Daniel, the name Belshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, uh, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. Uh, Daniel, it means um, God is my judge. You see the E-L at the end of Daniel? That's actually uh, Elohim. That's an a, a Old Testament name for God. So God was in the name of Daniel. God is my judge. In other words, God is my authority. He's my king. I am under the, the, the rule of God. That was Daniel's name. Belshazzar means prince of Bel. Bel was like the foreign Babylonian god. So this is what they tried to do. They tried to take God out of Daniel's identity. They tried to take God out of Daniel's identity. The faithless world we're living in is quick. It's eager to try and take God out of your identity. Recently, I met this guy. And when you meet somebody for the first time, one of the things they ask you is, well, what do you do? So I said, I'm a preacher. And he's like, yeah, right because I don't really look like most preachers. So I had to prove it to him. I pulled out my, my phone, and I brought up our website, and I said, hey, there's my picture. And so then he, he got into these questions, and I get these a lot. He says, so are you, like, really religious? Is that your deal? Are you like, and I'm like, no, I have a relationship with Jesus. He says, are you, like, a Bible thumper? And I'm, I, I processed that, and I said, I, haven't, I can't remember thumping the Bible, but I'm a Bible believer. I believe in the Bible. I try and live by it. He says, do you, do you hate gay people? Because it seems like a lot of Christians hate gay people. I said, no, no, no. I, I love God, and I try and love everybody. And, and this is what I'm becoming more and more aware of. You know, as I meet these people, and they're unfamiliar with the people of God, um, the secular world we live in is really quick to put unflattering labels on Christian people. Isn't, isn't that the world we're living in? So, so here's some of the language that secular people will put on us. You're hypocrites. You're intolerant. You're judgmental. You're ignorant. And we could go on and on and on. This is why the secular world wants to do that. Because if they can explain, if they can kind of defraud us, then they don't have to explain why we're different than they are, why we live differently than they do. If they can take God out of our identity, then they don't have to explain why God isn't a part of their identity. You see? So the world we're living in is quick. It's quick to try and explain away the experiences with God that you've had. They're trying to take God out of your identity. Isolation, assimilation, identification. It's going to be hard to live in this faithless world that we're moving into. At times, you're going to feel like you're the only Christian in the world. You're going to feel like you're walking with Jesus, but you're walking all alone. At times, you're going to feel that way. At times, you're going to feel the weight of compromise, and it's going to be so heavy you can't hardly handle it. All these temptations that you're going to be confronted with, it's going to be hard to say no to some of it. At times, people will say the most hateful things towards you just because of what you believe. So here's the question. What can we do today to prepare ourselves for this faithless world that we're moving into? Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. Daniel resolved 
not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. I read that verse and and I see it in a couple ways. First of all, I believe Daniel made a one-time decision. He made a one-time decision. I want you to envision this with me. The Babylonians, huge army, massive army. Daniel lives in Jerusalem and the, the city has a wall around it. So the army, the Babylonian army, is encamped around this whole city. Just imagine, try and put yourself there, the sea of people. And you know it's just a matter of time before they break through the walls. They're going to take the city. And something bad is going to happen to you, one way or another. And so this is what I believe. In that moment, Daniel looked out at the sea of people, and he said to himself, I resolve, I resolve that no matter what, say this, no matter what Say it. No matter what, I will honor God. He saw the writing on the wall. This army, they're going to break through these walls. And they're going to try and hurt me. They're going to try and take God out of my identity. They're going to try and make me compromise. They're going to try and assimilate me. But no matter what, I will honor God. He made a one-time decision. I want to encourage you, if you're here today... And you've never made a one-time decision to say, no matter what, I'm going to honor God. This is how you do it. The Bible says that we make that promise through baptism. It's a one-time decision. And and we come to God and we stand before the world and we say, no matter what, I'm going to live for God. I'm going to die to myself. I'm going to be buried in that water. And I'm going to come back up a servant of Jesus who says, no matter what, I'm going to follow Jesus. If you've never been baptized, I'm going to tell you about an exciting opportunity. On September 11th, we're going to have the second one of these that we've done, a baptism Sunday. It's going to be at Star Mills, Nolan River. You're going to have an opportunity to be baptized in the river. Amazing, amazing experience. The last time we did it, just knocked my socks off. If you've never been baptized and you've been looking for a reason, you've been like, I don't know, God, give me a sign. Well, this is it. This is your opportunity. And I would encourage you to make that commitment today. Resolve yourself today that no matter what, I'm going to follow Jesus. I also believe that Daniel every day had to resolve. He had to make a decision every day to remain faithful. You see, every day he woke up and there was a plate from the king's table right in front of him. And every day Daniel had to resolve. I am not going to defile myself with this stuff that's been sacrificed to an idol. I'm not going to do it. No matter what, I'm going to honor God today. Many of you in this room, you've been baptized. You maybe have been following Jesus or or coming to church for years and years and years. But let's be honest. Sometimes you do what's more convenient to do. As opposed to honoring God with your life, you, you take the easy way out. When you should stand up, you sit down. When you should say no, you say yes. You, you consume the same things the world's consuming. And, and really, if we be honest, you, you don't look any different than the Babylonians. You don't look any different than the faithless world we live in because you don't honor God with every aspect, every area of your life. So this is what I would encourage you to do, is wake up every day and say, no matter what, no matter what, I resolve myself today that I will not be defiled by the world that I live in. No matter what, I will follow God. No matter what, I will honor God. Even if I'm following him alone, I will still follow him. 
Even if I have to sacrifice the things of this earth that seem so appetizing, I will do it because I want to honor God. Even if it costs me my life. Listen to me. If you can't say no to a movie, why in the world do you think you'd be able to say yes if some terrorist put a gun to your head and said, do you believe in Jesus? That's what we think. You know, we see that stuff on TV where these Christians are being beheaded and we say, yeah, I could do that. If you can't say no to the world, just the small worldly stuff in the day-to-day, why do you think you'd have that kind of faith? It starts in the small stuff. It starts in the everyday commitment, daily decision. I resolve. Matt and Joanne are going to come back and, and sing um, a song of invitation. And as they do, this is an awesome opportunity for you to make that commitment. You know, we're kind of in our fortress here, and it's safe. But we look out outside these walls, and there's a whole sea of faithlessness, isn't there? It's all around us. All you got to do is watch the news. Look at your Twitter feed. Read the newspaper. Talk to some of the people you work with. They'll tell you. So how are you going to respond in this faithless world? My encouragement for you today is to resolve. Some of you need to make a one-time decision. And you say, I'm going to be baptized. And I commit to that today. I would encourage you to step out from your pew and walk down the aisle and come and meet me here. It's the best decision you'll ever make. And this is why. The very last verse in Daniel chapter 1, verse 21, it's kind of a summary of Daniel's life. Look at this. This is so powerful. And Daniel remained there until the first year of King Cyrus. Now, you've got to know some biblical history in order to understand what this means. But real, real quick, King Cyrus is not a Babylonian king. He's a Persian king. And this happened 60 years later where the Persians came in and they conquered the Babylonians. So Daniel didn't just survive one hostile takeover. He survived two hostile takeovers. And he didn't just survive 60 years of Babylonian reign. He, he survived countless attempts at his life. Countless people trying to bring him down. Every chapter of his life, Daniel faced another challenge to his faith. And at the end of the day, when everybody else was gone, who remained? Daniel. Daniel. Today. Today. Will you resolve to honor God no matter what? This is my belief. This is my belief. You do that no matter what this world has to throw at you. At the end of the day, you will still be standing. Don't you want that? Resolve today. Pray with me. Father, we come into this moment of decision. And we can look over the walls and see this army that surrounded us, Lord. And and there's a lot of people in this world and they're hostile towards us. Because who we are threatens who they are. And they don't want to explain why they don't have you. They don't want to explain why they're not living the way we're living. And so they're going to try and bring us down because that's the easiest thing they can do. Lord, I pray in this moment that every person in this room will resolve to honor you no matter what it costs them. No matter what they have to give up. Lord, that in this moment, Lord, they will commit to you their life. That they will follow you no matter what. Empower us, Lord. If there's a person in this room that's never received you as their Lord and Savior, in this moment, Lord, right now, draw them into you. Fill them with the courage and the passion 
to walk down that aisle and commit their life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, as you guys leave from here, go loving and following Jesus to the best of your ability. When you do that, he will bless you. Thank you so much for being here. I love you guys.